Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no blog, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Cut it, Kyle. Go Big Red indeed. No block, no rock. Season three, episode I don't even know now. 11. 11. <laughs> Thank you. We're good at counting. Episode Casey Thompson. Coming off a, I don't want to say it's like a maddening loss, but just a disappointing loss. Just one of those where it's in your grasp, and then it's not, and then it is, and then it's not, and then it's not. Back and forth, back and forth. Is it more heartbreaking that it was that close? Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. But we are in the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room. Oh. 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. I got myself a nice, crispy, Kyle, that's your favorite word, crispy. 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 Cool Pilsner. Oh, my man. Keeping it classy. I had I did buy some Eos Hefeweizen from Fairway this weekend. Oh. So that, that kind of that eased the pain a little bit. It, it numbed the pain. From this loss. So it helps. Th- thank you, NBC. Thank you, Nebraska Brewing Company, for that. Mike, what you drinking, buddy? I am drinking the peach around. What the? <laughs> Normally, I, I prefer back to our. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't expect it that fast. The best drop of all time, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am drinking the peach around. It's their sour beer, I guess. Yeah, it's a peach sour. It's a peach sour. It's very good. Kind of a good change up for me. So, uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yep, and uh, I'll just c- come over to me if you want to toss it over. Kyle, what you got? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I've got the cow tipper. Usually it's the uh-huh. taco of course, but uh, yeah, the, the cow tipper, it, it goes well. We're going to be talking here in a little bit um, about our cowbell of the week. Surprised uh, to many, it's probably not going to be who you think it is. Well, it probably is, honestly. Yeah, I feel like everyone was thinking <laughs> yeah. that way now, yeah. honestly. So, yeah, so I'm drinking the cow tipper. Connor, what are you drinking? You already all know. I don't know why we still, again, I say this every week. I don't know why we continue to ask me. You know I'm drinking the Pilsner. Jared has jumped over to just the master class beer as well now. For tonight. For tonight. But it's, it's always the Pilsner. It is how I make myself a little bit less sad when I have to sit here and talk about Husker football. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> that, that would be liquor for me. <laughs> what do you, what's, what's, your, what's your liquor of choice, Mike? Tequila, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. Tequila. Yeah, that, that'll really help. Jeez. My friend, Don Julio. <laughs> <laughs> no free shout outs. We have too many white people on this podcast doing, yeah. <laughs> doing Spanglish. Accents. Hey, I went to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, right. That counts, sort of. Yeah, he made a fool of himself there. And oh, I'm sure. Made whitey look bad um, <laughs> jesus speaking of nebraska brewing company we have something that we need to announce to everybody out there listening october 29th that is the day that nebraska plays illinois at home and we no block no rock along with nebraska brewing company we're going to be having a tailgate event now I don't know the exact location. That's where I throw it over to one of you guys to tell them. <laughs> I believe it's a postal service lot now. It is the old Lincoln Journal Star lot. Okay. Yep. It is like what? Three, four blocks from the stadium max? It's pretty close. 
Yeah, it's okay. just right over the pedestrian bridge, I believe, yeah. on the right. So, but yeah, the, we'll have we'll have a blocked off tailgate with the boys from Where's the Line. It will be broadcasted on the ESPN Tri Cities broadcast, and we are going to just sit down and preview the game. Uh, maybe throw a mic in your face, and it, that's not me. Yeah, look, it'll be three hours long. We're going to have different people coming up, talking. We're going to be hanging out, drinking beer. NBC Truck's going to be there. It's going to be a good time. We'll have the cameras out there. We'll be interviewing people throughout the whole thing. So it should be a pretty good time, and uh, we're looking forward to it. So we want you to come. We want you to show up. And if you haven't to show up, don't be shy. Don't be like, oh, I, I really don't want to say anything or we, I'm scared. We no. want to hear your opinions. Get in there. We hear enough of our own opinions. We do Seriously, this every week. I'm sick of hearing my foot. Why am I doing this? Not still? to mention, you guys forgot the best part. <laughs> there might be free beer. What? Might be. Whoa. There, uh, there's a high percentage. There, that, that there is will a be promise. Free Nebraska Brewing Company beer if you guys attend the tailgate. Anybody who shows up to the tailgate, if we pull you up on that stage mm. and we want to talk to you, you want to talk to us, we'll get you a beer. We will get you. You have to be 21. I want to I want to put that part out now. <laughs> hey. You do have to be 21. But yeah, we, we want to talk to you. I don't know how it's, to read fake IDs, though, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have the UV light shining on it. Or, oh, that looks good enough. McLovin from Hawaii <laughs> seems legit. We probably shouldn't be saying this, but. Yeah, our secret service will be there for us. So, yeah, like. Secret service is just Mike. Yeah. <laughs> With a mic. Yeah. The worst bouncer ever. Mike Delaware. <laughs> Just let everybody in. Let's go. Okay. So yeah, we want you to show up. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about past games. We're going to talk about coaches. Just anything Nebraska football, college football in general. Come with us. Shoot the shit. I think it's important to probably let them know, and I don't know that we've mentioned it, the hours that we're going to be there. 8 to yeah. 11, yes. 8 to 11. 8 a.m. Yes. 8 a.m. till 11. And we will be streaming on all of our social media platforms as well. So Facebook. Mike's setting up the Facebook. Yeah. It, we will be on the Facebook through our StreamYard. So nice. if you cannot attend the game or if you're not going to the game for some reason because you don't like to watch us lose, then you can just watch us from the comfort of your home. Anywho, we'll have more <laughs> details out on our socials. We'll be posting banners and like little invites and stuff like that throughout Twitter, the Twittersphere and Facebook and yeah. all that good stuff. So make sure you're there because it's going to be a good time. Okay, so before we get more into this Purdue loss, Let's give let's give some shout outs, shall we? Absolutely. Let's do it. First one, uh, we gotta give a shout out to Turner Hoffman, one of our faithful listeners. His girlfriend? Katie. Katie. Katie got in touch with us on Twitter and asked us to give a little shout out to Turner. I'll throw it over to one of you guys. Just go into a little bit more why this is a little bit more special. This particular shout out. Yeah, uh, so Katie reached out and our, our good friend Turner, who has interacted with the podcast for a very long time, and uh, he even came into the Nebraska Brewing Company tap room for the Oklahoma game, uh, interacted with Connor's mother, the owner of Nebraska Brewing Company, and came in there and said, hey, I need to try the Taco Vesa, and I need to try the Cow Tipper. Mm. And it's because I listen to this podcast, and then Connor's mom's ears perked up, and she's like, huh, who do you know? And you know, they, they get into it. And anyways, so he comes in here, he tries our beer, he listens every week. And he has an amazing girlfriend who reached out and asked us to give him a quick shout out. He's going through a lot right now. He lives in the state of Florida. And for many of you who know, uh, there was a hurricane that struck the state of Florida and the surrounding areas. Hurricane and, Ian. Yep. Hurricane Ian. Fucking Ian. And so uh, Ian. he's going through a tough time right now. He and his family, they pretty much lost everything. 
on their back. And uh, yeah, but his birthday's this coming Friday. And mm-hmm. you know what? We'd love to give you a shout out uh, from, from hopefully your favorite podcast. Hopefully us talking shit a little bit will, will brighten his day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bring him up a little. And on that, if you guys, the listener, wanted to help the people affected by Hurricane Ian, you can go to www.redcross.org slash donate slash hurricane dash Ian dash donations dot HTML. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. Okay. Listen, if you Google, but if you just Google it, it'll pop, it'll pop you know. right up. I just did it just now. So you can, you can go there and, and, and help out. Hurricane yeah. Ian, Red Cross. So yeah, shout out Turner. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully things will get turned around soon for you. Turner, turn, turn, turn around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I feel like it from all of us, because we won't record again before your birthday. We want to wish you a happy birthday. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? One the, of the cowbells of the week goes to yeah, you, Turner. Turner gets a cowbell. Yeah. Okay. That's well-deserved. I like that. Not, you know, I know he doesn't play football, but, hey. or, you know, he deserves it. He's earned this one. He, he earned it. He listens to us. Yeah. Um, the next one, this is a personal shout-out. No free shout-outs. No, this is free, damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for the listeners, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do this. We hey, wouldn't be able to do you it. You said you would not be Ellen DeGeneres like uh, we would, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I was at my, my brother's my brother's son's, so that's my nephew. He plays baseball, went to his baseball game. Some guy was kind of like standing by me, and I could tell he's looking at me. And I'm like, is he going to say something to me? And, of course, I had my no block, no rock hat on. Of course. And so he's like, oh, man, yeah, I, I listen to you guys. I follow you on TikTok. TikTok king. Yeah, he recognized the king. The king. He's famous. So on one hand, I'm like, damn you. (laughs) Because now it's like, oh, what do I even say? It's like, oh, thank you for your support, sir. Keep following. Keep listening. I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. That was supposed to be last week, but I forgot because I'm an idiot. So yeah, this is a shout out to Jason. I don't know his last name, but Kelsey. No, it's not Kelsey. I was hoping. Big fan of the show. I highly doubt it. Um, So again, just. Thank you for listening, and hopefully we we don't let you down. Like Nebraska did on Saturday. And on to that. So it was uh, Trey Palmer, 37, Purdue, 43. Literally. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So, okay, let's just, let's jump into the good stuff, okay? Obviously, Trey Palmer. He had seven receptions. Oh, what's the big deal? Seven receptions. Uh... School record, 237 yards, two tutties, could have been more, and a 60-yard 60, a 60 reverse that went for three points, damn it. But he set a school record for, for yards, and Purdue was just letting him do it over and over. I just, it's like, where's your defense at? <laughs> I say the same thing about Nebraska's defense all the time, but, I mean, it was nice when the roles reversed. <laughs> that was fantastic. But... Yeah, I mean, Trey Palmer, absolute monster. You know, it's very unfortunate. It's, it's fortunate for us that we get to watch this talent of Trey Palmer, mm-hmm. but it's going to be short-lived. You know that, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, you know that NFL scouts watched that game, and they were licking their chops. They were like, hey, yeah. look, another Mickey Joseph receiver. Here he goes. We got our next Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Trey Palmer. Ooh, and that's uh, – it's like you watch, you watch the Purdue game, and a lot of it is like go routes. All right, just just run straight ahead, and so I'll be curious to see like how good at route running is he actually. So you know what I mean. Mike made the comparison to Jay Jetta, Jamar Chase, um, 
And what I want to say is, obviously, Trey Palmer is fantastic. There are already, you know, arguments on Twitter going about, like, is he one of the best Nebraska receivers of all time? But when you look at Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, those guys were playing some incredible talent. Has Trey Palmer seen the kind of talent that those guys were playing against? Does that weigh into those scouting reports? You have to assume it does. Yeah, so, if, if this was Ohio State, yeah, he's not he's not doing that. No. He's just not. Exactly. It is what it is. And so, uh, obviously, I, I hope for the best for the kid. If he gets, like, a really good slot and he's going to go high in that draft, go. Like, oh, he's definitely mm-hmm. Yeah, going. go. Yeah. But I don't think I'm putting him on, like, a J.J. or Jamar Chase level quite yet. I mean, Justin Jefferson didn't have, like, a fantastic college career. I mean, he, right. he's – you could argue that he started blossoming in the NFL. So – Hey, Trey was a third, fourth string receiver at LSU. He follows Mickey Joseph, and now he's the leading receiver in college football. So, and yeah. you know, he was behind studs there. Yeah. You know. I would. I do like the comparison to Jamar Chase, though, because Jamar Chase is a lot of go routes. JJ is a little bit better of a route runner. I like the Jamar Chase comparison. Okay. Yeah. Um, something, something that I think about is, like, imagine three other Trey Palmers on the football team. I mean, Mickey Joseph, he's got the track record, right? He's developed that talent. He's got the wide receivers in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. just imagine. Maybe one other Trey Palmer on the football team because uh, I think we saw it this Saturday. We do not have another Trey Palmer on the football team. Yeah, there's – like I, I wasn't – I was kind of making a joke, but when I said Trey Palmer 37, you know, it's like, yeah – there was, there was nothing else that was working. There was nobody else that showed up. What did we end with? Honest. Like 480 total yards, and he had 237? I mean, that's something like a that. very hefty portion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very hefty, hefty portion. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Another thing that I think we should shout out for the positive side of this game is special teams. Timmy Bleak wrote three for three. You know, when, when Nebraska's offense just couldn't get the six, Timmy Bleak Road was there. He said, I got you. Three times. Which was a nice change. Very nice. Bleak God, right? The Bleak God. And there he is. <laughs> yeah, there was like a part of me that was like, oh, this is a 30-something yarder. You would think it's a chip shot, but just what we've seen over the years, I'm I'm a little, I'm a little scarred. Peace. You literally hold your breath. Yeah, it's Every like, time. Oh, come on. PTSD. Prove me wrong. I have like five heart attacks a game. Like just every Jesus. every time we're getting ready to kick, pretty much any elementary play, I hold my breath. Which just, yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna blame Mickey for my problems because <laughs> right that stems back since 2015. Yeah, so. I mean that's yeah. like that's like deep balls. That's like fair catches. That's mm-hmm. like you know any anything that requires just a couple seconds of time to develop. You're like. Oh, no. Even even victory formation. It's like, yeah. oh, we God. almost fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, my Lord. Well, I, I know Shiano was doing his Shiano things, and so I don't want to say it was, like, dirty, but, you know, diving at people's legs, eh, it's probably a little dirty. Wow. But, uh, and a fr- uh, block punt as well. Phelan Sanford. Hey, that was crafty. Wasn't it? It was nice. Put him okay. in motion, and in he, motion. he hit, they hiked the ball, like, mid-run of that motion, and he just went through untouched. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that is the most block punts this season. We've had the most block punts since 2014 under Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's saying something. Special teams is actually getting better. And, and we have a lot of games to go. Yeah. <laughs> we, it only gets better, I hope. Well, the, the, team, <laughs> I hope. the teams also get better. So 
Yeah, yeah that's well, fair. I would be, honestly, I'll say this right now. I they, would be shocked if we blocked another punt this year. I would yeah. be shocked. And oh, But here's another thing, too, is, you know, we say that the schedule is getting harder, but it's not as hard as we thought it was going to be. No, Wisconsin not is not as good. No. Right? Iowa's offense is just... It's Iowa. There's no O. <laughs> there is no O. Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> Stupid. Well, and so it's weird, and I, I don't know what happened. Maybe you guys can enlighten me, but the last three weeks... Um, we've improved dramatically. Was there something that happened to the team that Jesus maybe we Christ. got better? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they uh, got rid but, of a, a, a guy who didn't care as much as, not only not a, not only as much as he said he did, but probably didn't even care as much as we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's, no that I, should be a, a cheer because yeah. you got rid of the... F- Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's gone. I Dang. need a hero. I, the day he got fired, and I, I won't mention his name, um, the day he got fired, I posted, ding dong, the witch is dead. And Jeez. my Lord, did I get some hate for that. But no, I, like, Jared, like you said, the schedule, like we, we know they get a little bit tougher. They get the gooder. Oh, they yeah. get gooder. Yeah. They get yeah. so much they're, gooder. They're a little bit gooder. But our team is getting better as well. I think things, sure. like we're actually, what's we say this phrase a million times a week, we're getting closer to complimentary football. Mm. Things are sort of coming together, yeah. minus the defense this week. Yeah, um, okay, so there, that's where like I'm like, uh, okay. have we drastically improved? I wouldn't say drastically. I mean, we're like, on defense, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, we got our feet right, we got set right, and mm-hmm. things are looking really good. But like last night, or not last night, but Saturday, it was back to North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Oklahoma, where they're, we're giving up 600 yards, and it's like, yeah, what do we have? Four combined tackles against Purdue? Gosh. Four total? Okay, so, yeah, I know that's going to be one of the negatives, but I do just want to say real quick that watching that game, Purdue made plays. There were a, a shit ton of times where coverage was there. A guy was where he was supposed to be, but just couldn't finish, okay? So it's like, you look at that, and yeah, Purdue scores 43 points. I mean, yeah, that's going to jump off the page. But there are so many instances. What, Mike? You're looking at me. <laughs> there are so many instances where you had a guy there, and it's like, damn it, I thought this defense was different. But then, like you said, those old issues cropped up. Missed tackles. Mike, just say it. What? 600 yards. <laughs> 600 could, yards. I, un- I understand you're trying to find like a, a silver lining. Uh. 600 yards. Listen, man. Come on. I know. Come on. I'm just trying to find some positives. No. No. So, okay. There was no positives on the defense. It's just, I, I also just want to give credit to Purdue because Aiden O'Connell, he made throws that were like, holy shit, like either he's, I'm not going to say he's going to be a starter in the NFL. Let's not get nuts, but he's, he'll, he'll make a roster and he'll be, he, he'll, he'll start a game every once in a while. I'll bet you. He made throws, and it's like, damn it. How do you even defend that? Well, Back shoulder, like box out throws, just putting it on the numbers where it needed to be. And, of course, Charlie fucking Jones. Dude can't drop a pass. The even next even Cooper if, Cup. No, yeah, God, dude. He can tackle our defense really good, though. Shit. I, I do want to point out, too, that, and we talked about this last week with Nick Hanley, um, that Aiden O'Connell was just kind of getting really healthy again. And he came out and did that. Of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, they had injuries. <laughs> like we, 
we got absolutely steamrolled by their walk-on running back. It's yeah. like the third or fourth string. Like, they, give me a break. They yeah. were missing two running backs, a receiver, and a corner off their starting roster. Yeah, and they still did that to their us. Their make-a-wish running back that had to give his speech after the game. Hey, just want to let you know anybody can do this. And <gasps> yeah, no, Ugh, fuck yeah. you. Hey, yeah. if anybody can do it, uh, any program listening, I do still have four years of eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, Purdue comes in to the game worse than one hundredth in rush yards per game. So of course, Devin Mockaby goes off, one hundred seventy-eight yards. Six yards per, and it's like, okay, so Purdue is like such a unique unicorn in the Big Ten West in the way that they run their offense. It's incredible. It's like what we were supposed to be. It's what we were supposed to be. Supposed to. Yeah, Jeff Brom and Scott Frost, they were like the equals when it came to what what should we expect? Offensive mind, offensive gurus. So you got to think that Nebraska's defense, you know, they approach this game with – Eh, they're not going to run that well. But, Wrong. like, Wrong. You, you made the offense, their offense, multi-dimensional, you know, and it's, it's very frustrating because coming up, do I dare list the names of running backs that you're going to be facing? Because with Please each do. name, with each name, you're going to shrivel into a freaking a a ball. Can I get my tissues ready so when I start crying, I can just wipe the tears off my face immediately? You ready? Yeah. Let's no. Do so you go from Maccabi. Hats off, dude, I guess. Whatever. Make, make I a mean, wish. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. Chase Brown is number one in the nation in rush yards. Cool. Okay. Oh, that's probably pretty good then, huh? That's, that's yeah. not bad. Mo Ibrahim. Oh, God. I, I Honestly, I think Mo Ibrahim. Or Mo Ibrahim. 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 Yeah, Ibrahim. Abraham. Whatever. He, honestly, for the rest of the season, he's the player that scares me the most. Uh, I disagree. Well, go on. He's hold hurt. on. I'm not done yet. Got Blake Horm running behind the Michigan offensive line. That guy is uh, the future Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. That mm. dude is a fucking machine. Tree trunks for legs. Yeah. Just a stud. You got Braylon Allen. That guy. Remember him? Yeah, I remember oh. the man-child himself. Yeah. You were saying the 14-year-old that came in and destroyed us. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to block that memory out. So. <laughs> the grown-ass man. Gosh, dude. And so, yeah, Chase Brown. Hey, you, Mo forgot, Ibrahim. you forgot one. The, the Iowa running back. Yeah, what's his name? Who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because they'll, they'll do Iowa things. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, of course. What, not score? <laughs> until is they, that, until, they do, until they do what? Come play to Nebraska. Lincoln. Until they play Nebraska. Yeah. They won't score shit. They're saving everything up for Nebraska. Spencer Petras is oh. going to walk in with a combined QBR of like a six and then throw for like 400 yards. I yeah. talked to my friend who's an Iowa fan this weekend, and I was like, okay, so how many realistic wins does Iowa have on their, their, their calendar? And he's like six. And I was like, okay, go down the list. And he starts rambling. And he's at five wins till Black Friday. And oh, Nebraska... No is going to give them a bowl game, he says. So, fuck Iowa. Ah. I uh, don't know who this friend is, but if they are listening, and I hope they are. They're not. Oh. Either way, if you are an Iowa fan and you're listening, I hope after Black Friday, you go to sleep sad. I want you to cry. Seriously. Like, God. I have seven years in a row. Yeah, no, you don't get eight years. This is, this is it. <laughs> so, each of those backs that I named, they're all... Top 10 in rushing. Mo, Mo Ibrahim is 14th. 
So, ha ha, Mo. <laughs> gotcha. You suck. Yeah, go get <laughs> but an, after loser. But after he plays Nebraska, he'll make the top 10. Go get another Achilles, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got those goodwill tendons. <laughs> it's Kobe Bryant. Ligament, whatever. R.I.P. Okay, another thing that I think we should bring up was the play discrepancy. The oh play amount. God. 101 plays to 52 plays, which culminates in a time of possession of Purdue 42, Nebraska 18. That's insane. So all I got to say is, thank God there's a fucking bye week. Thank God. thank God there's a Trey Palmer, to be honest. Yeah, no shit. Well, uh, okay, but here's, was, yeah. that's kind of what bit them. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And had you not been throwing 60-yard bombs for touchdowns to Trey Palmer, that obviously would not have been the case. However, mm. when you're looking at you've got like 14 conventional rushing yards, had you not had Trey Palmer, this game would have been a disaster. Massacre. Because we couldn't do anything but give the ball to Trey Palmer. Yeah. So it's it live by the sword, die by the sword. I texted you guys that on Saturday. Trey Palmer, had he not had that great of a night, that score wouldn't have even been close. Yeah, Anthony Grant, the guy who we created a drop for, made videos for 11 carries for 35 yards. Not his fault. Not going to blame him one bit. No. You know, because, look, when Whipple came here, we all knew that he likes to pass the ball. Like, that's not a mystery. We expected the defense to be kind of hung out to dry. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it was a little bit of a curse with Trey Palmer making all the plays he did. And Purdue was just there, dink dunk, convert on third down, keep the defense on the field. And you just saw that that 42-minute to 18-minute discrepancy just, I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. Man. It just felt like they had the ball for an eternity. And yeah. you finally look at the numbers and you're like, they did. They actually <laughs> did have it the ball way, yeah. for an eternity. And I was stuck watching this fucking game at a wedding on a cell phone because oh. the bride and groom didn't want to take away from their day. Yeah. So, fuck you. Selfish. Yeah, selfish. selfish. Don't get married on Husker football games, idiots. Stupid. So, yeah, so I had to do that. I had free beer, but still, I had to watch it on a fucking tiny-ass TV and not my 86-inch TV in my basement. So, I mean, we're all familiar with, you know, Madden football. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and we all know the commentary in there sucks, but like one of those statements that really stuck out to me during this last Husker game was, you know, if you control the time, or the time of possession, you're likely going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw here. I mean, they just destroyed us in time of possession. And then, Jared, you talked about um, third down conversions. They were 9 of 18 on third downs, mm-hmm. but they were 2 for 2 on fourth downs. <laughs> so 11 of 18 of those possessions were converted. And our defense just really had no answers. It felt like they were just imposing their will on that Husker defense. And And on that, it it just seemed like, I mean, they had us guessing all day, right? Because if all you're doing is you're being, you're successful, passing the ball for seven yards, passing the ball for eight yards, and then running for six, running for six. Like we just had no idea what was about to happen. You fall back, you give up the run. You bring everybody, now you're giving up the seven-yard, eight-yard pass. Like, it was Mm -hmm. the most frustrating. I couldn't even – I was watching it with my parents and my sister and my cousins. It it was the most miserable thing to watch because there's nothing we could do to stop it. Well, and that's why you're – during the game, your text's like, why why aren't they sending more or why are they – you know, it's just like no matter what they did, 
It was just Purdue had an answer. Yeah, it almost didn't matter. I think my complaint was if their passing game, the short yard yardage passing game, was their bread and butter, and you had a third string walk-on running back coming in there, play the pass and deal with the run later. Instead of sending six, seven guys, it looked it, it seemed like every play, and I know that's dramatic. I'm sure it wasn't like that. But to me, it just seemed like they were sending four to six guys every play. And it's like, dude, if their passing game is the bread and butter and you haven't been able to stop it all night, just sit back in coverage. Make the, don't let anybody behind you and just keep forcing, just keep forcing them to throw the ball into coverage. That, that, I think that was just the biggest thing that I noticed, was, and that's what I kept texting you guys about. Deal with the run later. They got his third string running back, a walk-on running back in there. God forbid, but you're making them one-dimensional. We talked about multi-dimensional and all that other stuff earlier. It just seemed like we had no answer. It's like, pick one. Yeah. My thing is, is we rushed six, we rushed three. It was the same result. And when we did rush three, we missed a tackle. So, I mean, even when we let the play in front of us, we let the play develop in front of us and did exactly what we were supposed to do. We used our eyes. We were in the right place. Missed tackle. No Luke Reimer, really hurt. Sure. Heinrich out early in the game and then on crutches after the game. Who knows if he'll even be ready for Illinois in general. Like, I mean, yeah, that is, that's a problem. You had yeah. two quarterbacks of the defense were gone, and you had two young guys, like as we've been harping on, not talking shit, but just right. they're put in a shit spot, and it showed. I mean, look, you got Phelan Sanford out there who comes in for Buford because he knocks himself out on, I think it was the very first play of the game. So Phelan Sanford plays a lot of snaps. All right, cool. And you got Ernest Hausman in there, true freshman. You know, you're going up against a really old, experienced Purdue offense with Jeff Brom, freaking with the, with his God, dude, that dude, he's a good. He's good. He at was what just he playing does. chess. He's good at what he does. Okay, and you got freaking Charlie Jones with the stick him on his fucking gloves, making every catch possible, and then our DBs. Getting up and do the fucking Peter Pan thing. Again. I don't know how many times. Like, Peter I, Pan. Yeah, I don't know. They're obviously not listening to us, but I don't know how many times we've talked about this. Dude. If you, like, give up moderate yardage, don't fucking celebrate. Get your ass back to the line. Get ready for the next play. Do better. You, you miss a tackle, multiple tackles, number six, and then a dude, drop. he might drop a pass, God forbid, and there's you doing the stupid finger wag. The, the, the Kennebe Matumbo. Hey, Stop. Not, not in his house, all right? Cut the shit. I think, okay, Please. so this is my last comment. So on, embarrassing. On the, the pressure and whether you drop people or you send six, whatever the case might be. My question is, after about 40 dropbacks, how many times did six or seven guys get to the quarterback? None. <laughs> there were 60 dropbacks and didn't touch him. Didn't even tap right, him on the shoulder. Right. So I, I don't, I, I don't, and again, I'm just a fan. I just watch the games. I, right. lo I love Nebraska football. It was just me watching. Look, dude, you're not getting to him. So maybe you just drop back and just play the pass because you're, you're never going to get there. He was getting the ball out in less than two seconds. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's really one way to describe the Nebraska defense during this game. <laughs> that, that would be it. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Even when I know the drop's coming, it's still funny. Just <laughs> it's the, so the noise funny. is just <laughs> it's funny. sad. So I watched this game, and there's a part of me that's encouraged. Okay. Explosive offense, cool. But it's like, damn. You're never going to get a performance like that again. You're just not. And I don't so know that just, I agree with that. 
It's I historic. Just, I, I just My, don't. It's historic and it's never happened. So I, I'm just going to assume it's never going to happen again. And it just feels we wasted it. And it's like, damn, if you're going to, why couldn't you win that game when that dude shows out that much? It just, it's just disappointing. I did uh, tip your cap to Trey Palmer. They asked him about the game and asked him about the record that he set and everything. And he said he didn't care because they lost the game. So. That's, yeah. that's what I want to hear from my star players. Can, can we yeah. go ahead and give him his award? You know what? Yeah, so it, normally we want more Anthony Grant all the time, give him the ball. Obviously, that didn't work out on Saturday, but mm-hmm. we did give the ball a lot to Trey Palmer, and he definitely is our bell cow of the week. There it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so I agree. Shout out Trey Palmer. Let's take a break and get some fresh beers, and then we're uh, let's let's prank call. Not prank call. Let's just call one of our past guests. Oh, who do you got? Who are you thinking? Uh, we will see after the break. Okay. Whoa. I love it. Uh, we have a saying, no blog, no rock. Thanks, Troy. And we're back from break. And so now <laughs> it's time to do our call of the week. And we are going to call. Oh, not brass ass. The brass ass. I don't know. Maybe yeah, we're going to call the brass ass <laughs> Sam Hahn. Yeah. <laughs> Is he going to pick up? I hope he picks up. We going to find out. Dad, honey. Hello? Is, is, is this uh, is this Dad, honey? Sam, Samuel? Samuel? Shouldn't you be recording a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you come in, my friend. Easy with the friend friend comment there, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. associate. Well, okay, Sam. So, you know, we're here talking about the Purdue game. You know, some some of the good things yeah. and some of the bad things that we saw. And we don't know if you watched the Purdue game at all, but the thing that we wanted to talk about was the offensive line. Yeah. Do you and, have any years of eligibility left? You know how many times I've been asked that question in the last six weeks? Hey, I've got a pretty sweet NIL deal from Nebraska Brewing Company for you. <laughs> oh, yeah? What, what other kind of backdoor deals do you have? <laughs> I, I prefer backdoor. God damn it. <laughs> Damn it! It'll big backdoor guy. Big backdoor guy. It'll never leave you. And no, it, it, it's something I'm going to live with forever. Now it's wide open. That was that was probably the most iconic thing you guys have ever put on the internet. I feel like. So. <laughs> I'm just glad it was Connor and not me. The amount of text Thank that God. I received about that comment was just unreal. They're like, I didn't know that oh. about you. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It was it was great content. So, hold on. My, my, I, I prefer back door. Please stop. <laughs> over and over. So, Sam, about this O line. Um, I guess, I mean, we've talked this to death, and we we're trying to come up with solutions, and quite frankly, I'm just not seeing much of anything. No light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. Are are we alone in thinking that? Are you? thinking the same thing as us um so first off i'm going to say i didn't get to watch the purdue game a bunch i was actually on the road for a good part of it so uh unfortunately would have liked to watch more um but the, the biggest thing that i've noticed with the offensive line i've talked to utter about this a little bit too but like we're really bad pre-snap so like we're, we're not seeing pressures coming and we're not seeing like stunts coming and so we're out of position. We kind of look like fools with our heads down sometimes. I replied to some guys on Twitter the other day. It's just we just don't see them stunts or blitzes coming. And then we're out of position a lot of times. Granted, we need, we need fundamental work, and we're not great just as a whole. But 
one of the biggest problems is you see Casey gets hit a lot is they bring stunts or blitzes or whatever, and we just don't have an answer for them. And I just think we're not seeing the field. And, you know, a, a lot like when we played and generally your center is kind of your quarterback of the whole line. So they have to see that. And, and I don't know if Trent's not calling it out very good or, or what's going on. I don't know how they, how they do it. But, like, one of the things I've beat to death since last year was how many mistakes or, like, how much – how many things Cam Jurgens covered up last year mm. because they'd pull him and he'd go block a defensive end and he, he's such a great player, but he was seeing a lot of stuff pre-snap and got guys in a little bit better position and that's one of the big things I've seen. And then, you know, we're just getting, we're just getting beat and, and straight up too. So I don't know what the answer is. I think you know if we had if we had Teddy at left tackle that would help, but. Gosh, how how can you put too much stock into him when he's getting hurt a lot? And I'm not, and I and I don't mean to pick on the kid for that, but he's had two season enders the last two years, and that's tough to depend on that player. And then I think Corcoran's a little bit better than he's kind of shown at left tackle, but I don't think he's a left tackle. I think he can play other places better, but I think he might be the best we have for that spot. And then I don't know. Um, Kevin Williams, I'd like to see some more of him. I don't know if he's still hurt. I know he got a little banged up. Do you guys know? Yeah, so he had surgery, and uh, he did okay. Yeah, he right, might that's, be that's, coming back um, after this bye week. So if yeah, if we get if okay. we get him back, that would maybe help. I think he's a pretty good guard myself. You know, I just I would like to see maybe some of Brant Banks a little bit too, because I thought like some of the times that he's been in there, I thought he's played decent. But you know, it's you know everybody always says we got to have somebody better. We got to have somebody better. But like. I mean, do you think the coaches aren't giving these kids a lot of a lot of chances? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we called for we called for Anthony at right tackle over Ben Hart, and I was one called for it too, and he's been a little bit underwhelming, you know, from a guy that's played at Oklahoma State, who's been a great program the last however many years. You know, he got some time down there. Mm-hmm. He, he, you would hope maybe he would have been a little bit, you know, more of a difference maker, but. I, I just don't know. I don't have a lot of answers. We're just not getting it done. So, yeah, we're trying to rack our brains, right? Like, per, in terms of personnel, you, you got what you got, right? And so yes. you, we're trying to think, what are some things that they can do scheme-wise in order to take the pressure off of Casey Thompson? What are some things that Whipple can cook up to take the pressure off Casey? Well, like I said, I didn't get to watch a lot of the game, but he, I mean, he cooked up some stuff the other night. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he found a way to get Trey Palmer the ball. Um, and he just got to be creative, um, you know, some, maybe some RPO stuff. I mean, that's just like the biggest thing, but then we're not being great in the, in the, in the, in, uh, the run game either. So, I mean, maybe you look at some more max protection and stuff like that, which they've done some running back chips, but, the running back chips um, haven't seemed to work out the best either. They've mm-hmm. kind of got our tackles off. So maybe you keep some tight ends in and stuff and give, you know, Trey Palmer a chance to run down the field and, and things like that. I was just going to say, I thought they did good. What game was that? Um, Rutgers in Indiana, I thought, uh, or especially Rutgers, I thought uh, Casey did a nice job of hitting Anthony Grant in the flat as a check down, getting rid of the ball, but then let Anthony Grant go be Anthony Grant because he's not getting those rush yards like we want him to. But, mm-hmm. like, the offense right now, get number 10 and get number three the ball. Yeah, so – and now 
my my question for you, Sam, as somebody that has experience, obviously, on the offensive line, is there – everybody's been talking about, okay, so, you know, Bill Bush came in and he made his adjustments and he's got everybody's eyes right, right, and he's kind of simplified everything. Is there anything that Donovan or Mickey can do for that offensive line to be kind of like a quick fix just to kind of dumb it down and help out? Uh, yeah, you simplify the game plan a little bit and, and, and maybe don't have as big of a game plan in, I think is the biggest thing. And then, you know, you, you give them a chance to get a, get a lot of double teams and, you know, you try and get three or four and things like that is probably probably the simplest. Don't have too much intricate stuff that's, like, too cute. Keep it simpler. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is, I mean, they really got to work on stunts and recognizing stance alignment, body language of defensive linemen and stuff and know that, hey, that guy's lined up all cockeyed or he's lined up really wide. Um, so he's not coming where, like – he's lined up at he's going somewhere else so okay i don't know schematically if there's like a bunch of stuff you can do because i think the scheme at purdue is pretty good and realistically it hasn't been too bad but i mean yeah i mean i'm, I'm not sitting here you know i i'm not thinking my is a terrible future or anything like that i just think we're just Maybe don't have the best personnel, and I don't like saying that about guys after being a person. But I mean, we're just—I mean, the proof is what it is. Yeah, we feel the same way because we don't even resort to saying guys' names anymore. We just say numbers instead, because yeah, because look, uh, if we're just being honest, I mean, we're a bunch of yahoos sitting around a mic, assholes, if you will, talking. You know, I haven't played a down of D one football, so who the hell am I to call out a guy by name and say? Oh, you suck, damn you. But haven't played it down yet. Yeah. <laughs> Four years eligibility, baby. <laughs> okay, so Sam, who do you want to be the next head coach at Nebraska? Yeah, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, None of us I do. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know, like, who you know, because there was that list of favorites, that, or everybody had the list. And they haven't been too impressive the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Literally every every single one of them have lost like yeah. three straight. They're all so, losing the Nebraska Bowl. I guess, yeah. Let's not look yeah. at like who we think is like. If you, ha- if Sam, if you got to pick one guy and you, uh, like obviously let's exclude the guys like Saban, Bo Kirby Pelini. Smart. Yeah. Bo Pelini. If you got your pick of available coaches or coaches that could be available, who would be your number one? Oh, um, yeah, well, my number one's not coming here, so. Oh, who would that be? Uh, Mike knows who my number one is. Uh, Come on, who is it, Mike? If you say Jeff Munkin, I will <laughs> I will jump off a roof. No, man, I like climbing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like you. I like climbing, too. Well, and I asked him, when he when he told me climbing, I asked him, I said, is it because of the North Dakota State ties? And he said no. Okay. I think it helps a little bit, just a little bit. Oh, it helps a little. Uh, oh, yeah, it helps a little bit. I mean, I just know what type of man he is and, like, what kind of culture he builds and what kind of environment he has. Um, and he's also got a really good offensive line coach, too, so that doesn't hurt. So Once a bison, baby. Yeah, exactly, once a bison. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I just I just think the program stability and he brings success. I mean, like, he's not going to lose a bunch of games. But, you know, I think – I, I think there's a good shot at Mickey, really. If, I mean, if he pulls some of these games out against, you know, teams, you know, if he gets the 500, you're gonna, I think he's gonna get looked at a lot. But I, from what I've been told, the head coaching experience is pretty big for Trev. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, he'd like that, but I mean, 
heck, he's going to have basically nine games of head coaching experience or eight games or whatever. And, I mean, because he's got full control of the program right now. Like, it's it's his team, or so it seems. Mm-hmm. Do you, you think – do you think what we've seen under Mickey in his three weeks, right? Three weeks right now. Um, do you think that we've seen improvements that would suggest that Mickey four games? Sorry, yeah, I'm colorblind. Kind of. Do you think that what we've seen under Mickey's tenure so far? Do you think it's enough to like? I certainly do. But do you think it's showing that he really should be a real candidate, or is he still kind of a placeholder in your opinion? I think he is a real candidate myself. Just, I mean. So you have to be careful when you talk about look at the way the kids played for him because look at the way the kids played last year. They I still mean, played we hard. them games, but they were playing hard. And so, like we say that against Purdue, and I'm, you know, everybody saying, look how hard they played. I'm like, guys, this was the same thing we said last year. Yeah. You know, thank every you. one of us. Look how hard they're playing. So I mean, that's that that's a big thing I thought about. Um, you know, but like that locker room after the Indiana game when he gets the game ball and and all the guys are shouting his name and stuff, okay, they want to play for him a little bit. And you also got to think, you know, if you bring in a whole new staff, what's your what's your roster going to look like? You know? Trey Palmer probably ain't coming back. Well, you know, he's going to be playing on he, Sundays. Well, does he? He's only, he's only a second-year player, isn't he? No, he's a, he's a COVID junior, so I think yeah. he's technically been in college for four years. Yeah, yeah he's got one more year. Oh, he's been there that long? Oh, yeah, never mind. He's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was a, a fourth receiver at LSU. Oh, yeah, well, he's gone then. So <laughs> I, thought he had a, I thought he had a year yet. You mentioned, um, like, everybody wants to talk about how these players love Mickey, they want to play for him. From your personal experience, what is that, when you know, like, you've got a coach that you're down to ride for, how big of an impact does that really make? Is that going to show on the field really all that much, or is it kind of just like you're going out every week and you're still going to be doing your job? Um. So I think, as well, I mean, okay, so for me, it's a different homegrown Nebraska boy walk on like, dude, I'm, I'm down to play because this is what I always want to do my whole life. But, like, you know, we always, and I don't mean to always bring up Bo and stuff like that, but, I mean, that's the last success we had. However you want to marginalize that as 9-3 and three or whatever, and that's good enough or not good enough. But the players wanted to play for him. And then you look at my junior year, the first year of Riley, and we're probably better than that five or that six and seven record after the bowl game. But you just have some disconnect there where there's some animosity in the locker room because people are like, this really ain't the coach I signed up to play for. And I mean, and not that, you know, it was like terrible, terrible, but, you know, but then we had a good group my senior year that just wanted to win some games. We had a little bit more success. I, it definitely means something because, I mean, you just get them gritty, grinding out wins because you're out there doing it for each other and for your coach who you really enjoy. So, I mean, yeah, I think that, that translates translates to some wins. Maybe not, you know, you know, that can be the difference between five wins and seven wins or something. You know what I'm saying? That probably makes up for a couple wins a, a, a year. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference between a bowl and no bowl. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's or, important. You, or winning the Big Ten West in a bowl game, you know? You yeah, exactly. All right, Sam. Well, look, we appreciate you uh, picking up the phone and accepting our prank call. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you have yourself a great rest of your night. Sam on, everybody. Sam on. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. See you, boys. Peace. Okay, so coaching talk, right? He mentioned Chris Kleiman. He's a guy that I brought up on that, that first one that we did. He was my dark horse. He's still, he's still up there for me because K-State is winning games, baby. So. 9 a.m., baby. 
9 a.m. You couldn't do it at 2 a.m.? The only, 11 a.m.? Yeah. The only quarterback in the country that does not have a starting quarterback that does not have an interception That's this right. year. That's right. Kansas State is the only team well, I, to I mean, not throw an interception. It's nice that he only throws the ball 10 times a hey, game. So. I, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so, Mickey Joseph, you had this loss against Purdue. Personally, although I'm not, like, holding it against him, I do feel like this was one of those games that you just had to win in order for him to be strongly considered more than he is right now. Am I wrong in thinking that? I, I don't know that I totally agree. I think there are still some wins that could get put up there that, I, again, I'm not crowning the man right now, but I don't think, you know, the game being that close, we talked about it last week, I think three of us called covers. Is that correct? Three of us called a cover. That's kind of what we expected. We didn't entirely anticipate a win. He was more competitive than a lot of people thought he would be. He was more competitive than Vegas thought he would be. Mm. I thought it was still, while it's a loss, and I know Mike is going to tell me that Linning is overrated and Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be happy about it. I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, put me, put me on that. I, I ain't Lennon no more, bro. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sick late. of it. I, no, and I'm not saying that Lennon is good. Moral <laughs> victory you, baby. I, I'm saying he performed better than the vast majority of the country thought he would. Mm. And okay. we are still saying, we talked about earlier, I said progress. I'm not saying we're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were, but we are making incremental progress. I don't think this loss is something that rules Mickey out. Okay. I hear you. I just... I'm sick of Nebraska being the one team that can't do it. Every other team can do it. Tennessee. Every other team can pull an upset. Oh, do not bring Tennessee. up Tennessee. Tennessee is Tennessee. six and zero. Oh. I don't want to hear it. Listen, I don't want to hear Tennessee in that's here. Not the to- that's not the team that I was thinking of. But I mean, well, okay, they just beat Alabama for the first time yeah. in 15 fucking years. They took the goalpost to the bars and to the river. <laughs> in the river. So guess what? Yes. Why, why can't Nebraska do it? Josh Heupel. They can't. Look, you they haven't. U.S. Or, UCF, Josh Heupel. Remember, we got a UCF coach, right? Jesus. Look, transition, transformations of programs can happen very fast. We've seen that, and we've seen it all across the country. But Mickey's been here four weeks. If you expected a transformation in four weeks, you're an idiot. It's no. been like, five. No. Yeah, five weeks. Okay. Connor. If you're including <laughs> a bye, you jackasses. Yeah, now two. <laughs> um, hey, that's more yeah. practice time, Connor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're expecting this massive transformation in that time, I think you're just a little too optimistic. Um, give Mickey his time. We're not going to give him, you know, five, four years and three games um, well, again, to, to turn this around. But don't, like, what, let's not get too too down on Mickey quite yet. Again, I hear I'm not down on him. It's just like, how many stories do you see with, oh, they, they changed their coach and they pulled an upset. They, they, they won a game they weren't supposed to win. It's like, why can't Nebraska just do it once? Even with a coach that had been entrenched there for four years. Like, yeah. Nebraska with, just can't do it. With the system that we had in place, any win this season is a win that we probably shouldn't have had. You know what? Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's where I was going to go with that was I don't hold that loss – against him and I don't obviously it didn't help him but my thing is if you were to and and I have I've I've been talking to a lot of people and I'm like if Scott Frost was the head coach of that football team what would the final score have been I got it would have got it, ugly it would not have been that half. close yeah after after you go down but two you touchdowns you could argue that it would have been close cuz Scott Frost last year he was close every game so you could argue that that's right they they fought for Scott like, honestly, I mean, they watching, did. Scott Frost had a defense last year. You're not wrong, but they, the team did play hard for Scott Frost despite him going three and nine. I don't know. It, right. 
to me, the game felt familiar. It did, though. It, it did. It felt familiar to me. Even even not, though I'm not blaming Mickey, I'm not blaming. I'm just right. blaming the the program and where it's at right now. The game felt familiar. You asked me when we walked in the door. You said, "Did you like? Did you think that we were going to win that game, or was that you, Connor?" So, did you guys think? Did you think we were going to win that game? That was yeah, it was me. I don't. I don't. I didn't think we were going to win the game. I I didn't think we were going to get the ball back when Purdue had it at the end of the game. I knew we weren't getting the ball back. So my my question is, what's you know going to hypothetical land here? If we get that ball back, is there a shred of hope in your heart? Is there, a, like, a shred? Or do you, you know... I, I haven't I, seen it. I, I, to me, yeah, I think that... Purdue, I don't think Purdue could have stopped their offense, but then use, that's using my heart, but using my brain. I mean, name a time that Nebraska's gone down there and won the game. I mean... It's been a minute. I mean, it's been a while. Rutgers, we, we closed it out, you know, but... When have we, when the game was on the line, gone down? Game-winning drive. Game-winning drive. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So to me, I don't know. It just felt familiar. It's not. It's not a thing on Mickey. It's not. It's. It's on the the circumstance we're in right now as a program. Yeah. That I just. I. It felt familiar to me. We knew that team was better than us going in. Like we didn't think Rutgers was a better team than us going in. We didn't think that. Indiana was a better team than us going in. Like, we knew going into this, like, all of us around the table said Purdue has an explosive offense, and they showed it. So, I don't know. I just We knew that they were a better team, and they won the game. That was it. So, again, I bring it back to we knew walking into that game that Purdue was the better team. And we lose by six. And you're, there's, no, there's no happiness at all for keeping it within no. one score? The only thing I was happy about was Trey Palmer was balling out. That was it. That's my my only takeaway from the game was Trey Palmer. He's going to play. And the bleak God. And nah, not even that. <laughs> and he made kicks he was supposed to make. But, and let's talk about like Trey Palmer's yak is just insane on that game. Yep. But let's also give a little bit of credit to Casey Thompson with almost no protection, still being able to make at least some plays happen. Okay, so on that though. This will be the first time this year that you'll hear me say that Casey Thompson made some big mistakes that sure. cost you the game. Yeah. Two really bad interceptions, and then the overthrown ball to Alante, Alante Brown in the end zone. Because that right there would have tied the game, and who knows what happens after that. Our defense probably doesn't stop Purdue, but it ends up being different, right? Sure. Um, I think so going back to the whole, like, do you hold it against Mickey? Does it hurt him? Does it help him? All that other stuff. I think that if Nebraska had anything other than a historically bad offensive line, people are talking that this is the worst offensive line that Nebraska's had in the last 50 years. I don't know that I disagree. I think that I would have held it against Mickey had you had anything that resembled an offensive line out there. You lose that game with a good offensive line, yeah, you can, you can hold it against him. But... I just think that what he's working with right now, and this is something that we talked about, like what are we like? Does he actually have a, a a snowball chance in hell of doing anything that could save his position as the head coach this year? Who knows? Because this team is that bad. Adding to Mike's point about how the game felt familiar, I largely agree because you watch Casey and Kyle mentioned the short armed interception. I thought he got hit, and he did not. He did it was not. Just that bad I mean, of a and throw. he didn't even. Yeah, there was a guy coming, but it wasn't like he was in his face. So that short-armed interception, the one where he didn't see the linebacker because he's not 
that tall, so I think that he didn't see the linebacker. And then the missed throw to Alante Brown. So you mix those mistakes in there along with the bombs. It's like Adrian. Explosiveness now, and mistakes at the worst time. Now, again, this isn't meant to disparage Casey because the O-line is terrible, and the O-line was terrible with Adrian. Yep. And you're seeing Adrian do fine. Yeah. You know, with a competently coached team and a competent O-line. So I agree with Mike. It did feel familiar because it's like, dang, I saw this at quarterback for four years. The 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 mistakes and the big plays, it's like, yeah, I, I've seen this. Yeah, but I, I think like the the average Husker fan wants to put the blame on the quarterback. And we say it's easy. Yeah, we see Martinez doing well at K State. We see Casey Thompson kind of performing um, in a reminiscent fashion that Martinez was. At what point are these fans going to realize that, look, it's not the QB play that's really the issue? Right. That's not where the issue lies. That pipeline. Yeah. yeah. Pipeline. If, if we had an O line, I think the Big Ten West is ours. Mm. Honestly. I mean, but that's. <laughs> Again, it's a big if because that's yeah. literally yeah. the most but, important component. Yeah, we of are in we're in hypothetical we land here. Hey, we're that's, imagination land. <laughs> bling, bling, bling. Yeah, imagine that's that's if like we saying had a the perfect <laughs> offensive no, line. That's like saying uh, <laughs> they could win the game if they were a better team. Well, no, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> imagine <laughs> if they scored more points, they would have won. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. I w- with our backfield. Uh, our, I was going to say our receiving core with Trey Palmer uh, and with Casey Thompson, if we had that outline. And Anthony Grant doing what he yeah. has done. Yeah, with that backfield. Like, that is a very, very high-powered offense. Oh, man. This we is... simply do not have the resources to protect them. Yeah. We well, just don't. This is the best playmakers we've probably had in the last And they're being wasted. Ten years. Almost ten years. Wasted. That's why I'm... Disappointed about this loss because it's like, damn, Trey literally goes for almost 300 yards on his own. And so actually, damn, on the the reverse of this point is, and I know we've beat this horse to death. Oh, boy. On that D-line, Stefan Wynn, O'Shawn Mathis. Who? Yeah. Garrett Nelson. Yeah. I mean, and we're still, we're still looking at, like, these are guys that when when they came in and we were like, we got O'Shawn, we got Stefan Wynn. I was like, oh, my God, our defense is going to be fucking sick. We're going to get things done. Think about how hype that shit was before the season. Oh, my Talk God. Talk about how many sacks we're going to get in the black <laughs> shirts. And yeah, I was rock hard for several weeks leading up to the season. And now we're at a point where Mickey doctor. says black shirts aren't even coming back this season. They shouldn't. Yeah, they you, shouldn't. Don't, you don't deserve that. Hot take. Give me it. They should never make an appearance ever again. Why do you black say shirts. that? Black shirts are a thing of the past. It was awesome when you were winning lots of games. It's really easy to have pride in something. When you're good, it's been bastardized over it's been three bastard- coaching changes. The the meaning it, the meaning behind black shirts is gone now. It's gone. So, do you think if if the defense and of course it's not going to no, happen. it's not going to happen this. Leave week. it in the past, please. But That's just if, if we, we can get we, back to like a top tier defense, you still think no? I, move on. I will still do hashtag black shirts. I will still still do the skull and crossbones. You know, I'll do the three and out, throw the bones when it's an actual three and out. But I just. So just another you, clean you know pass thing. So you know why the black shirts will always be a thing? Money. Money. 
Yeah. Because that is a brand, and that is something that the university has made a lot of money on. So, AKA bastardized. Jared, <laughs> um, much like the sellout streak, you believe the black shirts are a tradition that needs to die. I would not be mad. Okay. Hey, sellout streak. Like, if, if it came it, out, okay. if, if Trev Alberts had a, a press conference tomorrow and said, black shirts are never coming back, uh, we're dropping the, the, the TM, the trademark, I'm not crying about it. I think Husker fans would riot. I think they would riot you know why? if you said that. And this doesn't go for our listeners, because but they, a lot of Husker fans are dumb. Do you remember the 90s? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me. No, I don't. I know we're going off on a Yeah, we are going on way really too are. long of a, a rant here. <laughs> Stick on coaching talk. Okay. Let's just insert everything that we said into the negatives, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's another week. Mm, bye week. Let's see who is on the top of your coaching list. Ugh. We said it with Sam Hahn. Coaches, they're losing. They're losing games. All the potential targets. Let me give you a coach that isn't losing. Who? You know. Wayne Spiapolin. Brett. I think he did lose. Brett. Shut up. Brett. Glad you brought him up. Not Bert. Not Fat Bert. Bert. Sorry. I'm sorry, Brett Bielema, for all the Nebraska fans, including some at this table, calling you Fat Bert. It's not fair. Some, you're the only one who I, said it. <laughs> I do not approve of what these guys have said about you, Brett. Come okay. to Nebraska. Let's stick on that. I love you, Brett Bielema. Let's stick on that. So Brett Bielema right now is making $4 million a year at, at Illinois. Do you think if Nebraska came in and offered him 6 or $7 million, would he come to Nebraska? Would he move to a, a West Division foe? No, I don't see it. Even if you double his pay? Only, eh, maybe. Do you, do you, that's a lot, but it's like, I just, don't, saying, like, I just don't think he would. So I, I understand the allure of Bielema. I do. He is a proven coach. Yes. I simply do not believe he'll work here at Nebraska. Dang, go. I Why? simply do not. I Why? 1,000 billion percent disagree. Yeah, what the hell? Because, Why? Because Illinois was a fucking dumpster fire with Lovey Smith, and he did what he's done in two years. Oh. He has rebuilt his simple offense and simple defense of good offensive linemen, develop good defensive linemen, and have a good trench game, and the rest takes care of itself. He did it at Wisconsin. It's not like Brett's doing, like, flash and dash. He's not doing anything you know, special. He, Jeff he Brom shit. develops offensive linemen, he yeah. develops defensive linemen, and look what they've done. They are the best team in the West right now. Do and they're wanna, ranked 18th in the country. Do you want to know who would be a better head coach for Nebraska? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a long ones. list of those. But who's yours? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. You know, Shut I'm going to say it every yeah. goddamn week. Well, I'm going around and, the table. I wanted I, to know yeah. who your number one is right now. Yeah, and I know, Mike. I, I believe it was you that, like, in our group chat, I consistently bring up bring up Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I bring him up constantly on here. I'm still. And you told I'm, me, like, I'm and, pro Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I'm, I know. But uh, you made a comment this last week that actually did make a lot of sense to me, and it sucks, and I hate to say this. <laughs> But if the Bill O'Brien train to Nebraska was real, we probably would have heard more about it by now. I disagree. I think good programs keep moles out and keeps things within their walls. And I think Alabama is considered a good program. So if anything, if there's any smoke on any of their guys, it's going to stay put until it gets closer to coaching hiring season. So, no, I think if I think Bill O'Brien has been contacted by Trev Alberts. You I would, would hope. I would assume. Or a, his agent or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, I guarantee you communications have been happening. And, but I just, I just think here's the thing. Alabama, they have 
bigger and better things to worry about right now. Like than, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Bill O'Brien was looking out the door. No, no. That defense looked bad. Looked bad. And yeah. honestly, let's, let's not just say their defense looked bad. Their, Tennessee's offense looked good. Yeah, they did. No, I mean, Tennessee's a good team. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so ju- just for the sake of, like, adding a new name, you know, I'm still I'm, – uh, I want to say Brett Bielema because, damn it, he there's something about him coaching in the Big Ten West that – But his he Iowa just, tattoo. He just knows. I don't care. He's got an Iowa I, tattoo. We just I, fired a ooh. guy with an Iowa tattoo. And he, guess what? He beat Iowa this year. So I'm a, I think I know where you're going here. Brian Ferentz. Hell no. <laughs> Wouldn't I, that be something? I would hey, immediately no, stop being a Husker no. fan. Trust I'm Trev kidding. Alberts. Trust Trev. Trev likes Brian Ferentz. Oh, no. no. We must trust Trev. No, Trev, no. Trev gets fired if he even mentions that name. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm throwing Big Bert out there. He's got a track there? record. He's been to three straight Earls Bulls. Yeah. Brett is up there for me. And I, I do not think he would come to Nebraska. I just... I think that time for him to go to Nebraska, that time has come and passed. So I, I, I don't see it happening. I do think there was a lot of smoke with Brett to Nebraska when we hired Mike Riley. Right. But And so I think that train choo-choo has passed. Yeah. yeah. I, Unfortunately, I don't think he would even take right the call that now because I think there was interest at the time and our sleazy AD went and hired a guy from Corvallis. So. And, and would Illinois let him leave? They yeah. would be competitive. Illinois has been fucking terrible for decades, they don't and they finally have a head coach that is winning school. them ball games. We've said we've said it on here though: is stop losing to basketball schools. No, ah. we're, we're a football school and volleyball school, but we're a football Mostly school. Volleyball. We have enough money that Illinois would not touch it. Like they're not going to pay Brett eight million to stay. Yeah, like we offered no. him eight million, doubled his salary to come to Nebraska. Illinois is not going to be like. Oh shit! Did we got to pony it up. Well, did we not mention last week that are there are reports that Trev Alberts is ready to put together the biggest pool out of any school in the country? Yeah, that did, that, the, yeah. that did just come out. Yeah, yeah, like the biggest pool of any school in the country to bring in a winning staff. First of all, I love it. Again, I've had to, I've had this conversation in this tap room like three to five times this goddamn week about like, oh, that's where our taxpayer money is going. Shut up! No, it's, no, not. it's not. No, it's not. Yes. Shut up. I love that. We're not going to get back to 90s Nebraska. We're not. We're never going to be that dominant again. It's so rare for any program to achieve that at any point. Be happy that we've been there. But if you want to get back to being a dominant school and competing for a Big Ten title consistently, even if that's once every two or three years, you got to throw some money around. And I love Mm -hmm. just putting your balls on the table and saying, we will pay the fuck out of you if you come here and win these games. The reason... For you not coming to Nebraska will have nothing to do with money. Exactly. It's going to be other reasons. Yeah. Maybe you hate the state. Maybe you hate the weather. Maybe you hate Trev Alberts. Yeah, but, but do not, not say money's the issue. Yeah, no, money's money, far. Money's never been the issue. Yeah. It, it's. But has it ever been so public that we were ready to just pay out the ass like this? I don't think it's been this public where it has been notified. Right, like, like you said, his, I, his balls are on the on table. The table. <laughs> yeah. Back door. <laughs> uh, normally, I, I defer back to him. Yeah, Trez's balls are in his back door. All right. Yeah. Um, so, Mike and Kyle, are there any new names that have popped up, or are you sticking with your previous? So, I think Aranda is still yeah. my number one. But I will say that the more I think about it and the longer this season goes on, mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien is still a name that I'm just like, 
he just makes the most sense to me because yes. he's done it in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and he's learning from St. Nick, and it's just one of those things. St. Nick. I, like I've said before, anybody is better than who we had. So it does not matter. All these names, I am loving right. all of them. So I Jeff love, Munkin, all right, Kyle. Even, <laughs> no. even Matt Campbell. I honestly think he moved up on my list losing to Texas last week because he Ooh. got fucking shafted. Like, I mean, fucking Hutchinson drops the fucking ball. Yeah, what and was then that, that weird, Linning. that yeah. weird, yeah, the Linning thing, you know. Right, he has I, Scott Frost-esque losses. Go on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he's still a better coach and a developer than Scott Frost. So I Is don't really care. Is that the bar we want to hold ourselves to, though? Well. Is better than Scott Frost? Well, I said any coach would be better than Scott yeah. Frost. I think with the pool and the money that we have, we should. <laughs> Touchdown. Touchdown. Uh, with the pool and the money that we have, we should hire the best coach available. I don't care. We, nobody knows who that is right now. but Nobody. I think by the end of the season, someone is going to rear their head. Right now, it's just like this. The entire time. Down and up, up and down, down and up. And the thing about this whole search, man, everything is so tight-lipped. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Kyle, what are you thinking? Go, Kyle. I, I literally am not going to put any more speculation uh, on the subject. Boo, boring. Number one right boring. Now. We just want to know who number one hey, is. Hey, my number one is Mickey Joseph until it's not. Okay. Because hey. I, have, I have literally no clue. Because like you said, I mean, it's just up and down, yeah, up, up and down. down, up and down. Yeah, you're right. No, and no one has an idea. No one has a clue. It could be somebody that we've never fucking heard of before. And, mm-hmm. we'll, and we'll all be like... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Nailed it. it. it, Mike Riley. I'm not shitting you. When we hired Mike Riley, I got the notification when I was in class, and I had to Google who the fuck Mike Riley was. Same. I I didn't know who he was. Um, I did. I was just like, okay. um, All right. Not to be another dead horse, but Matt Rule saying that, you know, he would consider coming back to college, but none of the jobs that are currently open are any that would interest him. Mm. Is he just kind of faking us out a little bit? Is it Matt Rule? He's he's got a lot. He got he got a he lot got, of money. He's got forty mil money. over the next like what four years, five he's years. A, he's in no rush. Yeah, he's making what I think they said like eight hundred thousand dollars a month for the next. Yeah, however long. Must like, be nice. Why not it's add insane. to it, baby? Yeah. Why not add to it? Come win a natty at Nebraska. You don't add to it. It's actually the difference. So oh. that's one of those things. That's like well, that's, that's why. Fun. That's why he can be very picky. He can also take less money because he, the Panthers are going to pay the difference. So mm. yeah. it's one of those things. If you were to hire a Matt Rule. You could pay him three million dollars a year, right? And then go get the best kick-ass staff around. Yeah, which shell out around him. That's a that's a pro. If you want to hire Matt Rule, you negotiate with them because he's like, hey, I got all the leverage. I have forty million dollars in my pocket right now. And you say, hey, you pick any staff in the country, and we will pay the difference. So if you have a ten million dollar a year pool, you get seven million dollars to put towards your staff. That's right. Well, you give it, Brian Ferentz $1.5 million to come to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you tell Matt Rule, like, look, you know, we're going to pay you low. It's going to be offset by the Panthers. But ask any previous coach at Nebraska. The bartenders in downtown Lincoln are a huge draw, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a delayed laugh. That's why I want Urban. <laughs> <laughs> Through these gates. Yeah. Pass. The greatest bartenders of all time. <laughs> <laughs> This particular numbered gate, which we won't say. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no free shadows. <laughs> okay, are we, are we done? All right. So go to nbnrpodcast.com. That is our website. You can find past episodes. You can find our merch there. Toe bags, yeah, we know. Um, on Twitter, we are at nbnrpodcast. Go follow us there. 
I still try to make TikToks every now and then. Mike likes to chime in with his little videos from, you know, here here and there. So go to our TikTok at NBNR Podcast. Uh, Spotify, I just, Apple Podcast. Go, Kyle. I just want to say, I think it's incredible that Connor and I have conditioned you to assume we're about to say, don't forget the handbags. Now you just say it on totally. your own. Oh, no, so that's fantastic. a high five over yeah. here. <laughs> you guys suck. You suck. All right, guys, let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. And Connor Cadillac. And as always, beat the bye week and GBR. We have a say in no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Utter. He's a junkyard dog. <laughs> Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just... You just did? You get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. (laughs) And gone in Muhammad. GBR. A Huda Media Production.